Hello and welcome to Leadership Behaviours Unpacked. I'm Jane Lewis and this is episode two in the Resilience series and it certainly uh, feels like I've had to dig deep in the past uh, couple of weeks on the resilience front. Um, It's been beautifully and at the same time hideously hot weather Um, and I've certainly struggled to concentrate uh, quite a lot. Many of the things that I had planned to do have fallen by the wayside um, and many other things I've started and failed to finish. Um, Now, in the past, this is the sort of thing that would have taken me into a bit of a tailspin um, and become probably part of a cycle of coping, becoming overwhelmed and clawing my way back and... I know that this is a classic cycle for so many people Um, and not in small part for those of us who have a touch of people pleasing and overachieving in our psyche. I've always suspected from when I was really young that there had to be a better way um, of approaching work and life and a way that would avoid this cycle and ultimate lack of coping that felt like it spat me out into a world of overwhelm and potentially breakdown. And probably about 18 months ago and well actually maybe two years before the pandemic uh, started, I had discovered the work of Jenny Campbell. Jenny is the chief executive and head researcher at The Resilience Engine. And her brilliant book, The Resilience Dynamic, helped many, many pennies fall into place finally for me. I went on to attend one of the Resilience Engine workshops focusing on resilience coaching. Um with Jenny and a number of her colleagues really introducing in detail the model that they developed. It's a simple and powerful approach to building sustainable performance and well-being. And put simply, it's about increasing your ability to adapt and your capacity for change. Now, if anyone had asked me, I'd have always said that I considered myself to be quite a resilient person. I've bounced back enough times, um, but I think if I'm honest, I've done it in a way that's buried my emotion and where I have just got on with the job in hand, but deep down, I knew that it wasn't really that good for me. And it literally, in many instances, was making me ill. Real resilience encompasses well-being absolutely alongside performance. And in addition to my own experiences, I've worked with many clients who've experienced this cycle of coping and getting stressed and overwhelmed and bouncing back. And I've coached them to simplify their thinking, recognize the signs and actually enable them to achieve their goals and look after their well-being. And I think instinctively guided them to create habits that have shifted their behaviours and their own practices that would sustain this. Uh, But 
if I put my hand up, honestly, I don't think the same was true for myself. I knew there wasn't a silver bullet. Um, I knew the journey started with me taking responsibility for myself, but uh, quite unconsciously, a lot of the time, I drove on through. I, whether that was about exercising and training really hard, working as hard, um, and actually wearing my busyness and my ability to cope as a bit of a badge of honor. Um, and as I said, not always in a conscious way. So when I read Jenny's work and her definition of resilience, which is really, really simple, it's resilience is your ability to adapt. It's your capacity to change. And that includes coping and bouncing back, but it also includes humor, self-acceptance and support and all of these things integrated together. And when our resilience is low, our capacity for change is low. And when it's higher, we can generate different options, adapt our responses and learn and still have capacity left. And that, so simply put, was a personal kind of shift for me. Now, on my office wall, I have a... um, blackboard and in big words on that blackboard is actually currently a quote by Victor E. Frankel. And it goes like this. Between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. And I kind of, when I read that, I immediately, uh, got the pen out and wrote it really big on the wall because I fundamentally believe this to be true. You know, all my work is based around people recognizing and using their capacity to choose their response in that space. And I think when I think about resilience, what resilience gives us is a bigger space, a longer time, and also the confidence in our response. So as a result, we end up feeling like we have more energy, we have more focus and more clarity, and we can roll with the changes occurring around us that we can't actually control and roll with those changes, but still feel safe within ourselves. And I think the groundwork that I do with my coaching clients around their values and beliefs creates some really strong foundations for them to build that resilience upon. Earlier this month, um, I was in conversation with Jess Helens, and uh, you will have heard that in the first episode of the Resilience series. And we explored what resilience meant to her and her work around wild co-working and as a UN ambassador for women. And what's kind of, you know, not, I guess, necessarily a surprise because there was a reason I chose um, to ask Jess to join me in conversation to talk about resilience is that when I look at the work of Jenny Campbell and I look at Jess's experiences and thoughts, they are really aligned. And one of the things that Jenny Campbell does talk about is she talks about the myths of resilience. And I'm going to share a couple with you now. One of the first myths is that resilience is about being tough. 
But when we think about that, being tough creates very often a rigidity and a brittleness in the way that we behave. And the very opposite of the adaptability that we need for real resilience. The second myth is that resilience is about having control. And many psychologists and researchers in the past have often quoted that resilience requires control to exist. However, being adaptable enough to let go of that need for control is a much shorter path to resilience and I firmly believe a much more sustainable path. The other myth is that you need confidence in order to be resilient. And in the past, this has often been described as a prerequisite for resilience. But the relationship between confidence and resilience is actually two-way. As we build resilience habits into our life and into our working life, our confidence will naturally increase. So the two are really intertwined and confidence is not a prerequisite for resilience to start to exist. If you recognize some of these cycles in yourself that I've talked about today and you really want to become more resilient and break that cycle of coping and overwhelm or burnout and bounce back, there are a couple of things that you do need to do. The first is really important. It's about creating a habit of resilience practices. It doesn't just happen and it's not something that actually you can do for a week and it's all fixed. This is about building those habits into your life, much like you do with uh, well-being and gratitude and other aspects um, of your life are actually about creating those habits. So create habits of resilience. You need to become as self-aware as you can. Really knowing yourself, you know, recognizing your thought patterns, the emotions that triggers your typical kind of default behaviors, you know, really understanding how you are and who you are will really, really help you on this journey. And working towards self-acceptance. It's not an overnight transformation, but accepting you as the best version of you is really, really important because beating yourself at every step for not being perfect, not being um, as whatever as the next person next to you or the person you work for or the person you admire uh, doesn't help us to become the most authentic version and the best version of ourselves. So self-acceptance is really key. And the third one is actually about working on your comfort with control and the reality of what is actually possible. Stephen Covey, quite a while ago, uh, summed this up quite well in his book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And he reflects on the aspect of choice and decisions um, that I mentioned before. And he's often quoted as saying, I am not the product of my circumstances. I am the product of my decisions. And he describes three circles, 
the first being the things that are within your circle of influence. So these are the things that you can directly influence. The second is the circle of commitment. So out of those things that you can influence, these are the things that you decide that you will influence. The third one's really important. These are the things that are in your circle of concern. So these are the things that you might care about and you might care about really deeply, but you can't influence them. So focusing all your time on the things that you can't control and you can't influence is just exhausting. Drawing these circles out and adding your own words to them is a really good exercise uh, to do yourself. It's certainly one that I've done quite a few times particularly if I am starting to notice that I'm feeling overwhelmed. But if you're a leader of a team, it's a great group exercise too. I would really urge you to get hold of a copy of Jenny Campbell's book, The Resilience Dynamic, and I will pop a link in my website and check her out on social media too. But I also want to leave you with a little... um, thought that kind of comes back to me quite often. Um, I had a a wonderful yoga teacher uh, called Bart Cooper, who might be listening. And Bart always talked about keeping a micro bend in your knees. And you might be thinking, what is she talking about yoga for? And the micro bend in the knees in an, an exercise term would be about protecting the joints. So particularly if you're a bit hypermobile, um, But for me, it resonated massively because when I think about my own thinking and I think about whether I'm becoming a little bit rigid um, and trying to control things too much, I think about Bart's microbend and keeping that in my thinking and in my emotions allows me that kind of movement uh, that I need to, to be more resilient. So for me, it's about my kind of little micro resilience bend. And my final comment for today is actually how one of my heroes, Brené Brown, will often end her podcast. So I'm stealing this from Brené Brown when thinking about the work that we need to do around creating resilience in our lives so becoming more self-aware becoming more self-accepting creating those real resilience habits as Brené would say go do your work <laughs>